Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Oh, Lordy, this one is for the ladies. Girls, we're talking about motherhood and all the changes that we go through in the journey of becoming moms. Now, I want to talk to you guys today about the three categories, the most significant categories that we go through in changes. That would be our physical body, obviously. That would be our mind and our spiritual life with God. And I want to dive right in because I got a lot of content for today, but here's the thing. I was reading this article recently, and this may be awkward to mention, but you know, here we go. This article was talking about stretch marks. It was talking about where they come from and what you can do about it. Now, this was not some sort of like women's magazine article. This was actually a blog written by a plastic surgeon, and he was diagramming out uh, what happens on the skin, in your skin, on your body when you go through pregnancy. And essentially, he said, your skin is made up of millions of elastic fibers, and that is what makes your skin elastic. That's what gives it the ability to stretch or what we would call the elasticity of your skin. And he said, when you have rapid weight gain or rapid growth in your skin, i.e. you're pregnant and your baby bumps out, that when that happens, it actually snaps these elastic fibers irreparably. And the snapped fiber is what causes the stretch marks to appear. So let me just tell you, my first pregnancy, I was 23 years old and I went to bed one night. I was about seven months pregnant. In fact, maybe close to eight months pregnant. So I'm tall. I'm six feet tall. And I really was not showing at this point. I mean, to me, I could see, but outwardly, I could not tell that I was pregnant. And I went to bed one night with a, you know, moderately tiny little belly and woke up the next morning with a big bump and stretch marks everywhere. It was overnight while I was sleeping, little Eli popped out forward. And when he did so, he made his debut into the world on my skin. And I was so mortified because I had just naively thought I had made it to the point where I wouldn't have stretch marks. And yet, no. And I had so many that I was like, oh my gosh, I did the shea butter. I did all of the stuff. But reading this article from this plastic surgeon helped me understand there is no real cure for stretch marks. The reason is because under the layers of your skin, those fibers have snapped and they can't be repaired. Now, I had some more stretch marks that appeared with my second child, but I think at this point there's no more space for stretch marks. And so my subsequent three pregnancies after that didn't really gain any, which is okay. Me and zebras have a lot in common. And you know what? At this point in my life, I'm okay with that. But in reading this article, I was just thinking about how interesting it is that a woman's body breaks to bring life. It's not just our water that breaks to bring life, but it's our physical body, right? Without getting into it, there are other parts of my body, multiple parts of my body that will never be the same having gone through the process of transitioning into motherhood. All you ladies who know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. You just have to come to this point where you say, this is my body now. 
as I was preparing for today's podcast and really just talking to the Lord about what his thoughts were about motherhood, he reminded me of this moment, this epic moment in scripture, and he brought this revelatory insight to me, and I cannot wait to share this with you. This is a moment that you guys all know. You've heard of this story before. It's at the Last Supper when Jesus picks up the Passover bread. So in the Passover celebration, you may or may not know this, but um, after the first Passover happened in the book of Exodus, Um, from that point forward, God instructed the Israelites to celebrate Passover yearly, right? And there was this whole dinner ritual that they would go through that had all of this symbolism to remind the Israelites of how God had delivered them from slavery. Such a beautiful thing. If you've never been to a Passover Seder, I highly recommend that you do that. We do this every year with our church, actually, because it's just such a profound story and it's an amazing time to honor God in that way. So this is what's happening at the Last Supper. And one of the moments of this dinner ritual was that the rabbi or the head of the house, they would pack the bread, the Passover bread, which was unleavened bread. So we call it matzah now. They're essentially like crackers. And they would pack three pieces. And at a certain point in the dinner, the head of the household would stand up and he would break the middle piece and put it back into its little napkin pocket. And up until the Last Supper, there was no understanding for why this was done. It just was done. So here we have this moment, the night before Jesus goes to the cross, and he picks up this bread to break it, as would be the custom that they have seen happen this entire their entire lives. And in this moment, it's different than all the others, because Jesus lifts up the bread, and he says something. And you know what it is. He breaks it. And he says, this is my body broken for you. And he puts the bread back down. Understanding comes after all this time that this piece of bread they had been breaking was actually a symbolic foretelling of what Jesus would do with his body on the cross to bring us into eternal life. And when God reminded me of this story, I sort of imagined myself in that moment looking at my children and saying to each of them with my hand on my heart, this is my body broken for you. All the stretch marks all the changes, all the ailments. You know, if you have back issues from carrying children, if you have shoulder issues from carrying car seats, all the things that you've experienced physically, your body has been broken to bring life forth. Wow. I gotta tell you, I was struck at the parallel between those two things. And I think sometimes as women, we look to the Lord and we say, why did you make us have to go through childbirth? Why did you make us have to deal with menstrual cycles? Why did you make us have to this and this and this? Because women, we just have it a little bit harder than men in that regard. But I think it's important for us to recognize it's not just harder. We've been given the place of honor because we get to reflect the image, the creation of God We get to reflect that part of his image on the earth. By bringing life into the world, we get to be like him. By mothering and caring for life, we get to be like him. And so just like Jesus, I know this is maybe a little bit of a stretch for some of you, but just like Jesus's body was broken to bring forth new life into the new covenant, our body, ladies, is broken to bring life into the world. Of course, I wish there was some quick fixes that we could fix some of the challenges that come, but it's an honor to be able to be made in the image of God in this way. 
But our bodies, they do change. Our physical state, it does change. And it does take a toll on us as women. But I have to tell you, ladies, my encouragement to you, make peace with your body. Make peace with your body. Listen, there is no standard of perfection that exists in the world. God did not measure people according to their beauty, according to the, you know, how much acne or they don't have on their face, according to how their hormones affect their body or not, according to your waistband size, your bra size, your height, your you know, if you have a long torso or a short torso or whether you have cellulite or stretch marks or any of that stuff, the way that the world measures beauty is just completely irrelevant to the Lord. You are made in his image. You are made to bring forth life. And that makes you beautiful, ladies. It really does. So embrace the changes that motherhood brings you. I know it's so hard. It's taken me a long time to renew my mind in that way, but I'm telling you it's possible. But the second thing that happens to us is in our minds. It's like our minds change and we will never be the same. And I remember a lady saying to me just last year, she was um, pregnant with her first child. I think she was like eight months pregnant. And she said, oh, I have so much pregnancy brain. She looked at me and she said, does it ever go away? And I don't know about you ladies, if you've been a mom for a while, you know this was a really hard thing for me to answer. And I wanted to just be like, no, it really doesn't. It does go away for a little while, but as your kids get older, you just feel like you live with pregnancy brain forever. It's like sometimes you just forget things. Sometimes you feel at max capacity and life just gets hard. Can I make a confession to you right now? I'm in that stage of life where I call my kids by the wrong names like weekly. And maybe it's because I have so many of them, but it's like, I just, I will call them across genders. I will just, you know, if we had a dog, I'd probably call them the dog's name. It's like in my mind, I am so convinced I'm saying their name to them, but I can hear the words as if someone else is speaking them and it's the wrong name. It's just the weirdest experience, but I know I'm not alone in that. But our minds change, right? And one of the things that I think is a really common quote you've probably heard, And it's this quote that motherhood is like wearing your heart outside your body. It's like the thing that is the most precious to you is walking outside of your body. But here's what I want to take a note on just for a moment. Because I think we're all very aware of what it feels like as mothers to be proud of our kids, to feel love and affection towards them, to have that sort of beaming moment where we think, oh, you could do no wrong. The, The Beverly Goldberg mom goggles, if you're familiar with that show. But there's also this thing in our minds where it doesn't always feel like that, does it? Sometimes you're looking at your kid and what you really feel is fear. You're looking at them and you're thinking, if you don't get a hold of this part of your character, you're going to have a really hard life. You're looking at them and you might be thinking, how are you going to make friends if you can't adjust this part of you? There's these fearful things that come up in us. And I can tell you as a mom... I was really surprised to feel these things. And I actually thought for a long time that I was doing something wrong because I just assumed motherhood was always feeling like you believe the best about your kid. But it's not really like that, is it? So if you're feeling these things and you're wondering if you're the only person in the world who's ever had this thought about your kid, listen, you're not. I just admitted to you that I have those feelings from time to time with my kids. And it's like your mind changes because you can simultaneously feel two completely opposing things and they both feel right to you. And also, you know, let's just acknowledge for a second, you are carrying the weight and the burden of another person's life 
that's going to affect you mentally. It just is. Especially if you have like multiple kids, like three, four, five or more kids. It is a lot just to carry the day to day. Have they eaten? Have they pooped lately? Are they sick? This one feels a little bit more reserved. Is something going on they're not talking about? I haven't seen this one all day. What does that mean? You know, and you're carrying all these different thoughts at the same time. And you know what? You might be forgetting about you sometimes. I would just encourage you. You are very important. The whole theme of this podcast is the art of being you. And one of the things that makes it an art is learning to navigate the changes that you're going to go through in your life. Motherhood is a little bit like puberty, right? It's a little bit like we become this whole other woman once we go through puberty and things that we think and feel we never thought that we would now all of a sudden are like a regular thing in our life. It's kind of like that with motherhood. You just become someone new and you just have to be okay with that. I know for some of you guys listening, you're seasoned mothers and you're probably chuckling to yourself thinking, oh yeah, you know, I know that. But to those of you that are listening and you have little, little kids, you're in the throes of toddlerhood. I'm telling you, it will get better, but you are going to change. So you change physically, you change mentally, and you change spiritually. And this is what I want to say about that. Motherhood has given me my best life with Jesus, but it has taken a tremendous amount of work. Here's why. I have not, let me put it this way. I can't remember the last time on a regular day that I spent an hour with Jesus that was completely uninterrupted. I'm talking about a regular day, not when I was away or out of town or not with my kids, you know, but just a normal day. It is a routine thing for my kids to interrupt me with when I'm spending time with Jesus. I went through a period of two or three months where I consistently woke up earlier trying to beat them awake so that I could get a longer amount of time with Jesus. It didn't matter if I woke up an hour earlier. Somehow, one of my kids would find themselves awake and needing something from me. What I had to learn to do was say, God, I have to meet you in the midst of distraction. I have to learn how to meet with you and connect with you in the midst of seemingly chaos. Because if I can't do that, then I don't know how to be with you, right? Because my life is moving so fast. There's so many demands on me that if I can't learn how to zero in on your presence, regardless of what's going on around me, then I don't know how I'm going to do it at all. It took a lot of practice, but here's one of the gifts that motherhood brought to my spiritual life. I had to learn that God connects with me in the same way all throughout the day, whether I'm spending quote quiet time with him or not. I had gotten so pigeonholed into what my devotional life looked like with Jesus that it was hard actually for me to connect with him outside of that one hour window where I would read the Bible and journal and pray and worship and speak in tongues and all of those things. And I would compact it into like a one hour thing. And I remember the moment that I I just could not do it. And physically I was too tired to wake up any earlier. And the Lord was saying to me, why are you trying to do this? Why don't we create something together? And I thought, well, that seems a little sacrilegious, Lord. But he's like, well, I'm leading you into this. So actually, I created what worked for me in that season. If you've heard me talk about this before, I learned how to connect with the presence of God while I was doing the dishes. I learned how to connect with the presence of God while I was wiping butts, changing diapers. You know, I had three kids under four. It was chaos every single day. I would wake up in the morning And I would literally tell myself, you're not going to do anything today except wipe butts and discipline kids. (laughs) 
Now, of course, there were other things that would go on, but my like drive and ambition would think, today we're gonna get this done and we're gonna do this. And every single time I would have something on my list I wanted to do, all H would break out, right? All hell would break out and it would just be so chaotic and it was so frustrating. And then I would be so upset because I, I felt like a failure and I felt like the one thing I wanted to do, I just couldn't make happen. So I would just routinely tell myself, Rachel, you're in the throes of motherhood. Today, you have three goals. Keep these children alive. Check. Wipe their butts and keep them clean. Check. Discipline them and help them learn how to obey. Check. And I would end my day with a little moment to myself, maybe sneak a Reese's peanut butter cup before I went to bed. And I'd wake up in the morning and remind myself all over again, this is your sole agenda. And that was my season for about two years. That season is over now. Thank you, Jesus. But I don't regret having gone through it because what I learned as I changed into a different type of mom was that my spiritual life had to change. It wasn't just that it it got to change, but it had to change. And I look back now and I think, gosh, Lord, thank you so much that I was able to break out of the box of routine and learn how to flow with you throughout the day. I just encourage you, ladies, whether you're a mom or not, this is the end goal. The end goal is that John 15 abiding in God, that we recognize he's with us all throughout the day, that we have little conversations with him at different points of the day where we throw up effortless prayers to him, where we hear him speak different things, where we see his presence at work in our lives. That's the goal for all of us. Sometimes it's It's a matter of breaking out of the routine to get to that place. So we change physically, we change mentally, and we change spiritually. One of my favorite interviews I've ever read, or I think I watched it, was this couple who'd been married for something like 60 years. You know, they'd been married for a lifetime. And the interviewer said to them, okay, tell us your secret. You know, you see that lady, I think she was like 102 years old. And they said, what's the secret to a long life? And she said, I drink a Dr. Pepper every day. Okay, well, I'm not sure that's your secret, but, you know, praise God anyway. Well, in this particular article, this interviewer said to this couple, what's the secret to your your marriage? How have you stayed connected all these years? And the husband, without missing a beat, he says back to the lady, the interviewer, he says, oh, I've been married to several different women in the course of this marriage, which of course took the interviewer aback, like it probably just took you aback. And the interviewer, with a puzzled look on her face, kind of leaned in. And before she could even ask a follow-up question, the husband said, about every six to seven years, my wife has become someone new. And I've had to make the choice to recommit to her, to remarry her in a sense, in my heart, to learn who she's become, and to embrace her as that person. Isn't that beautiful? what would it look like if we all gave each other permission to grow and change in that way? See, I'm a mom. My oldest kid is almost 12. So I don't know what I'm going to be like as a mom of teenagers. And I've got to make space in my heart to allow myself to grow into whoever I become in that stage of motherhood. I'm telling you, there were parts of me I didn't even know I was possible, capable of thinking and feeling when I became a mom of three kids. It was like, whoa, who is that person? And I believe what this man was saying was such wisdom from God. We, every couple of years, through the different seasons of life, we grow, we change, we adapt. And here's what you need to hear, ladies. That's not just okay, that's right. You're not supposed to be who you were at 16 years old forever. 
You're not supposed to be who you were at 21 forever. You're supposed to grow, to adapt, to change, to become transformed by the presence of God, to let some things go and to learn new things. But the art of being you is the art, it's like a masterful ability to navigate the essence of who you are and hold on to that in the midst of your ever-changing self. And that's a delicate balance. But as you do that, you will continue to live your best life. So here's my encouragement to you, even if we don't even know each other. I'm giving you permission to grow and change into who you need to be. It might be physically. You might physically look different than you ever thought you would, and that's going to be how you look forever. And praise God for that. You have permission to change physically. You have permission to change mentally, to not feel like as sharp as you used to be, or to be you know, more assertive, or to be more strategic, or more administrative, or more go with the flow, whatever motherhood has brought out of you. And you have permission to change spiritually as you grow and learn what it's like to love Jesus in this season of your life. I'm with you, friend. I am with you. I know that sometimes as moms, we can feel really lonely. We can feel like we've got all these people around us, but nobody really gets what it's like. Nobody really understands how you're trying to parent in a different way than you were raised even, or maybe how you're trying to parent in the midst of other people who are just very different from you or of other people who are just like you and yet you still feel alone. I'm with you. I'm praying for you. But here's the kicker. Jesus is obsessed with your kids. Can I just be honest about that for a second? He is obsessed with them. He died with them in mind. He will stop at nothing to get them where they need to be with him on the right path, following him all the days of their life. And so you can rest assured at the end of the day, when your best efforts don't seem to be making a difference, Jesus has not forsaken them. He has not given up on them. He is with you and he is hearing your prayers. So That's all I've got for you guys today. I hope this was helpful for you. Mamas, I am thinking about you and praying for you. And if you're hearing this and you're thinking, man, I just need to vent for a moment, you can hit me up on Messenger, on Facebook, or on Instagram. Um, My name is Rachel Wartman on both of those accounts, and I'd love to hear from you. And listen, I hope you're having a fantastic week. Until next time. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wartman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.